Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast. I am your host, Toby Passman. Before we start the show today, I just wanted to let you guys know about my appearance on the Zach Ballinger Show. Uh, it just came out. My episode was just posted. I'm going to include a link to it on the show notes. Zach was a really engaging and interesting host, so I'd highly recommend that you guys check out that episode. On the show with us today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Kylie Burton. Dr. Burton uh, is an expert in functional medicine and helps thousands of individuals with seemingly impossible health struggles find answers, healing, and hope, even if they've been told their labs are normal. Also, she is a guest on dozens of podcasts and hosts her own podcast, uh, Beyond the Diagnosis with Kylie, uh, with Dr. Kylie, and has been featured on the Sheila Mack Show on KCAA Radio this past month. On TV, she's been a guest on Good Morning Utah and Fox 26 Houston. So Dr. Kylie, super excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, Toby. Tell me what originally drew you into functional medicine when you were going through like medical school? Uh, did you know that that you wanted to focus on so that route? No, because I grew up in Western medicine. When we got sick, we took an antibiotic. That was just the thing that we did. Then I got introduced to the world of nutrition. And when my bachelor's degree is actually in nutrition. And I like this concept of food being able to heal our bodies. And then I got into functional medicine. And I got hired by a chiropractor who practiced a little bit of it. Um, and it was brand new to me. I didn't know what chiropractic was. I didn't know what functional medicine was. I didn't really know anything about alternative healthcare in, in general. And what functional medicine is for the listeners, it is getting down to the root cause of our health. And I always say that functional medicine can be powerful when it's done correctly. A lot of people will say, well, I practice functional medicine. It requires more than just a weekend seminar. It is hard processes. And ultimately, when we think about what causes symptoms, there's more than just one cause to say headaches or since this is neuro stuff, uh, MS, Parkinson's, um, any other type of nervous sim symptom. I was just thinking of the, and it escaped me when the, when we get old and we can't, we lose our memory. What is it called? <laughs> Alzheimer's or. Alzheimer's, yes. <laughs> Those things. Um, or even just nervous system symptoms like nerve pain, sciatica is a big one. So it's getting down to what's causing that. And it's tricky. It is different for every single person, um, but I love it. And the reason why I love it is because people will say, I feel like crap, but my normal labs, my labs keep coming back and my doctor keeps telling me that they're normal. And I focus on you know what, they might be normal, but that doesn't mean that they're ideal. Let's take a look at them in a very unique way because numbers never lie. That's a nice thing is we can have the numbers. We're not guessing, we're not muscle testing, we're not 
using some instrument to tell us uh, what is wrong in the body. It's right there in the lab. You just have to learn how to read them correctly. And then we can say, there's a reason why you're chronically fatigued. There's a reason why you have migraines. There's a reason why your, your gut's not functioning and you have to be, about, be near a bathroom at all times. It's not just IBS. Yeah, they can give you IBS as a diagnosis, but where has it gotten you? Does treatment work? I mean, Humira, if you want to take an injection for the rest of your life, sure. But there are better ways. And that's what I love about it is that you can take anybody in any health scenario and you can walk them on a road back to thriving in life and enjoying life, not just survival. And it goes way beyond nutrition. That's why my podcast has nothing to do with nutrition. There are nutrition episodes on it. But I mean, you know this, Toby, people, I mean, you're in Oregon. I used to live in Oregon. People are very, very stringent with what they put in their mouths. And yet those people who are specific in their diet and eating the cleanest foods and spending the money on the healthiest animal products, they're still sick. They're still in survival mode. So if it's not, if there's more to it than just nutrition, what does that entail? And that's where I where I come into play and it's really fun. What are some examples of like common lab tests that you see that people show you that are normal that really, if they're optimized can significantly improve their health? Let's, let's use one specifically because it has a direct impact on the nervous system. And that's where you are a phenomenal expert at. I am no expert in the nervous system. I'm an expert in labs. So the, the CBC, you know, that complete blood cell count that everybody has in their possession. It's the number one lab test that individuals, that doctors will take on basically anything. And before we get into this, let me caveat this. Um, be sure that you get the right treatment and the right follow-up and plans um, from your doctor if they find something abnormal or a diagnosis is made, right? This is when we're told our labs are normal and yet we still feel like crap. That's where this comes into play. And, and we want normal labs. Toby, you want your doctor to tell you that you have a normal lab. If they don't tell you that you have a normal lab, now you have kidney disease, liver, liver disease, heart disease, cancer. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Autoimmune diseases, whatever it is. That's when they can say, oh, well, your symptoms fall underneath this umbrella. And because they fall underneath the umbrella, this umbrella, now we have the labs to, to con, con, conclude that as well, we can give you a diagnosis. MS, Parkinson's, RA, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, whatever, you name it, right? Getting this? Mm -hmm. So we want normal labs. Now they might be normal, but they're not ideal. And that's where we take that normal lab range that's here and we condense it down to here. So for example, most women will complain about thyroid issues and yet their thyroid issues, their labs are normal. So this TSH marker that we often take for our thyroid labs, that TSH on any given lab range, it's gonna be a bit different depending on the lab, but typically it's between 0.5 and 5.5. So there's our range, 0.5 and 5.5. That range is so big that that would be me, like me telling you to go find your favorite restaurant somewhere between Oregon and New York. 
good luck. But if we can say, let's take that range and let's make it smaller. So now when you go to find your favorite restaurant, it's somewhere in Portland, Oregon. It's somewhere in Eugene. It's somewhere in Salt Lake City. It's somewhere in LA. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we're taking that range and we're condensing it. Now, I don't come up with these ranges. Um, a doctor by the name of Dr. Datis Karazian came up with them. He's one of those guys that has nine zillion letters next to his name. Someone had to do the research and someone had to figure it out. We've been using them for about 20 years now, for those of us who do use them in practice. And I actually teach docs now. I run a mastermind. So I teach docs of all backgrounds, MDs, DOs, DCs, Kairos, um, NPs, health coaches, I mean, you name it. Because we patients have this data. We all have the complete blood cell count, CBC. We all have it. So if we can use the blood that we've already donated, the copays we've already paid for, the time already spent to get the answers that we need, let's do it. So in the case of the nervous system, we have this marker on a CBC count, on a CBC, a complete blood cell count. I'll just refer to it as a CBC. That CBC is kind of worthless if you don't get a CBC with differential. Now in school, uh, Toby, you just said you just graduated with your master's degree. Um, in school, we were taught a little bit, enough to get a piece of paper, right? That I have behind me, three expensive pieces of papers. Um, so we were taught a little bit. In school, I was not taught about this differential portion inside the lab. It meant nothing. That differential portion includes five different markers neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, and basophils. Those might be really big words, but I guarantee you, if you go pull up your labs, you're going to have them. And if you don't have them, well, your doctor just ordered a CBC, not a CBC with diff. And this one lab test, I always tell people that one lab test is the price of gold if you get the right person reading it. Okay. The very top marker on that blood lab is known as the white blood cell count, WBC. Now this one marker is really important because it's responsible for what we call systemic problems. And when we get into this, these infections, these infections can wreak havoc on every system of the body, any system at any time, including the nervous system, which is one of the reasons why I see so many people who have tried functional medicine doctors, holistic doctors, naturopaths, um, I mean, you name it, but Western medicine, Google, they've tried almost everything. And yet it's right there in their labs. That even though they didn't, they didn't have all the symptoms that fell underneath this umbrella, they just had, you know, for example, fibromyalgia, pain, insomnia, fatigue. Those are the big three. And if none of your other lab markers come up that rule other things out, they're just going to say, oh, well, you have fibromyalgia. Here's some Lyrica. Good luck. It might, it might help. It might not. What, what I'm going to say is, is there something causing the pain, causing the fatigue, causing the insomnia? And if there is, 
could there be something that's causing all three of them? And that's where we get into these infections. It's why people try to heal their thyroid and they do thyroid treatment after thyroid treatment and they're messing with their medication over and over and over and over again. And yet nothing's helping them feel better. They might feel better for a short period of time, but the underlying systemic issue that's wrecking havoc on the thyroid is not being removed. That's, not, that's wrecking havoc on the nervous system and it's not being removed. Do you work with patients at all? Are you in patient care? Are you on the research I, side of things? I have been both on both sides of things. Cool. Well, this will be fascinating for you from a patient care standpoint because you can use this and know right then and there if it's a player in their system. Um, the white blood cell count, right, like I said, is the very top marker on the CBC. Here's your numbers. Write these down. The ideal range for a CB for a white blood cell count, what WBC is five to eight. That is different than the normal range. So if your white blood cell count is less than five or greater than eight, we have some type of infection that's playing a role in your body. Now, these are infections that are like, um, you're gonna go get a test for Epstein-Barr virus, also known as mono. Um, most likely that's not gonna come back positive because the infection is not active enough to elicit a positive test result. But it's still somewhat there and your body's still having to fight it off and, and continuing to fight and fight and fight, which is the most common cause of chronic fatigue. In fact, when it comes to autoimmune diseases, the research says, um, particularly with type one diabetes, is that there's a low-grade virus that attacks the pancreas, which cause the, causes the onset of type one diabetes. And then the thousands of labs that I've seen, autoimmune diseases, I can almost guarantee that there is some type of low-grade virus that plays a factor. It's just a matter of where is it going to attack and that's determined based off of your genes. Whatever your genes tell it to attack is what it's gonna attack. Thyroid, Hashimoto's, your gut, IBS, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, your joints, RA, your spine, MS. Is that, is that making sense? It is, yeah. So what are, uh... I guess, what are some of the common causes of these infections or what, where do patients need to go from there? Well, that's always tricky because once we figure out if the white blood cell count is less than five, greater than eight, now we're, now we know what we're dealing with. And we know that as soon as we can get these um, to shut up, I, I never want to say resolved because once we have it, they're there. Um, but we're also, the more we learn about the microbiome and our gut and everything that our body is dealing with all the time, the more one, it's incredible. And two, these are just natural processes that affect us. Um, there are several different types of infections. We have the viral infections. We're all known, very well known for the bacterial infections, things like H. pylori, C. diff, E. coli, Campylobacter, those are really ugly bacterial infections. And if you get a positive test result in that 
factor. That's like, uh, I have to sit on the toilet for 30 days straight. That's the kind of thing that we're dealing with to get a positive test result on those lab tests. Whereas a low grade bacterial infection just looks like what we know, what we know as SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which leads to chronic constipation or chronic diarrhea. So someone, for example, I had a 14 year old boy. Um, I worked with him a couple of years ago and he was, he's probably, I think he's 17 or 18 now, but for, at 14, he was homeschooled because his gut was not playing nice. He was eating chicken and rice because that was basically anything he could tolerate, anything he could tolerate. And even then it still wasn't tolerable. Going to the bathroom six, seven times a day, having bowel movement six, seven times a day. That was normal for him. So he always had to be near a restroom, which inhibits the family from really doing any type of family activity, especially if it's outdoors or in the car for a long time. Um, so he came in along with the gut symptoms. He had joint pains all over his body. So if he were to get a quote unquote diagnosis, he probably would have been diagnosed with IBS and even juvenile rheumatoid arthritis as far as a, a diagnosis sounds. Now, what happens when you get those diagnoses is, well, you get put on some trial injection or pill or something of some way, shape or form to quote, manage your symptoms, right? So we're not talking about managing our symptoms here. Uh, I treated him, this is back when I had a brick and mortar practice. I'm completely virtual now. I've been virtual for two years and I love it. Before COVID hit, I was already virtual, so it's great. Um, I did a like a manual type treatment with him and he came back the next week and he was like, for the first time in my life, I don't have joint pain. And his mom was like, you've had joint pain? It was just normal to him that as soon as it wasn't there, he was like, oh, it's gone. That's weird, right? Pretty cool. And then in three months, his, he came in and he was like, Kylie, I'm constipated. So what do you mean you're constipated? What, I'm only having one bowel movement a day. And I smiled and I said, hey, bud, welcome to the new normal. That's how it's going to be for you. And three years later, it's still that way. And he can go out to Wendy's on Friday night and enjoy regular teenage boy activities, scout camp, whatever it is. Pretty cool stuff. That's what this type of treatment can do. And you can figure that out inside the labs. So as far as a treatment standpoint, when people know it can get dicey, because when we take that white blood cell count and we say, okay, it, it's 3.8. I know I have something, but I don't know what it is. And that's when we get down to the differential portion that I talked about earlier with the neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, those guys, because they will tell us what type of infection we're dealing with. And I don't want to bore you with numbers. Um, and like I said, it can get dicey, so it can get and the patterns can get off. But the most common infection is a bacterial or a viral. And a lot of times it's a combination of both. So are you curious to know how to how to identify those, Toby? Yes. <laughs> okay. The neutrophil count, this guy called the neutrophils. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just grab a hold of your labs and you'll see neutrophils on there. Now you wanna be sure 
that this is a percentage because there's two different types of of this differential portion you have the absolute values and the percentage values we want the percentage values which is most often the case that you have that neutrophil count if it is above 60 percent that's the key marker right there if it's above 60 percent we have some type of bacterial infection that can lead to chronic diarrhea that goes unresolved, whether you have a diagnosis or not, or it can lead to chronic constipation. So if you're constantly taking magnesium at night to go potty the next day, you might want to think about changing things up because it's not a lack of magnesium. It is this bacterial infection. And if they go on long enough, your immune system gets sick and tired of fighting. And when it's sick and tired of fighting, it's just going to start attacking. And it will attack anybody and anybody wants, whatever the genes tell it to. Hence why we turn out with autoimmune diseases. And the list of autoimmune diseases just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer. So neutrophils greater than 60% bacterial infection. Then we have lymphocytes. If lymphocytes are greater than 30%, 30%, we will have a viral infection. Now, remember, this is not something that you should run to your doctor and say, look, I have this viral infection. Because what happens with viral infections? Uh, hello, Western medicine has no answer for them, which is why we're still sitting in the way of shoes that we're sitting in. Remind me to tell my vitamin D protocol because that will, that's like the best thing that you can get started with is the vitamin D, okay? So we have the bacterial infection possibility, the viral infection possibility. And like I said, it's a, often a combination of both. If you were to go back and trace your labs, say you have labs from 10 years ago when you felt okay that day, not really many things show up in the labs, but then you go back another six months later and you feel like crap that day, and now these things show up. This is what's happening when you have good days and bad days. Some days you have more energy, and you can feel like you can get to the grocery store and, and come back and be able to unpack things, whereas there are other days where it's like you have to fight yourself to get out of bed. This isn't you. This isn't because you're a mom. This is because your body is fighting something, and it can also end up when you're when you're fighting something for so long, your immune system shuts down. Your body shuts down and it just says, I'm tired, I'm done. What does it feel like? Depression. Your, your body's constantly fighting, constantly fighting, constantly fighting. So then it doesn't take much to send you into an anxiety attack. Correlating it? Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's crazy what well, we can just find in just a regular CBC panel, blood work. Okay, so that's as far as figuring out what it is. Um, now that's the basic outline. If you don't follow, if your labs don't follow those markers, it's okay. There are patterns. We're just not gonna get into the details. Now, when it comes to treating anything and helping your body just feel better in general, Vitamin D. And the reason why is vitamin D will help the immune system 
calm down. That's one thing it does. Vitamin D, I always say, has superpowers. In fact, I have a podcast episode specifically on the superpowers of vitamin D. There's a really cool research, like with basically any diagnosis, vitamin D. Um, so it helps calm down the immune system. Then the other thing vitamin D does is it talks to every, it's required for every single cell in your body. Every single cell in your body needs it. Nervous system cells, heart cells, liver cells, skin cells, all of them. They all need vitamin D. Now, Toby, you are an organ. That means I'm in Utah. We are a, above the 35th parallel, right? Pull out the maps, look at the altitudes and longitude and latitude lines. We're above the 35th parallel, which means from November basically to March, we don't make vitamin D from the sun. Zip, zero, none. Now, having lived in Portland, Oregon, where are you at in Oregon right now? In Eugene, a couple and, hours south. So you're the, you're the lower south part, where University of Oregon is, where all the track people Track Town, USA. Yes. <laughs> My family was just there. I have a brother who competed at the Olympic trials. So he was at nationals at that new track meet. And then it was the Olympic trials afterwards. Um, pretty cool place. So do you guys get the rain all the time? Mm hmm can't remember if it goes that south, far south or not. Oh yeah, Portland. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will. I was couldn't wait to get home in August one summer. Back here in Utah, we we're going for a family trip to a lake, and I was like, I just want to go home because I want to see the sunshine. I, I want to know the sun still exists because in Oregon it doesn't exist for like ten months out of the year. It is rain, and it's not like it's like a damp rain, like the where the air is just wet. It does rain, but it's more of a damp rain most often. Anyway, so your vitamin D is zip zero zilch nada, unless you're taking it in supplements. Now, here's the problem with people taking supplements and vitamin D. They're not taking enough. As we're, as we're heading into the seasonal depression era, is it really flu season? Is it really depression season? Or is it just vitamin D deficiency season? I'm going to vote vitamin D deficiency season, and I'll teach everybody who's listening right now how to prevent that from happening. 2,000 IUs of vitamin D is the most common standard dosage. 5,000 IUs of vitamin D is the most common. So between that 2,000 to 5,000 range, that's what you see most people taking. I mean, it's better than nothing, but your body needs more than that. And even I've seen labs from people in Georgia, Florida, Texas, the Caribbean, uh, Mexico. I've seen labs from those warm areas where the sunshine is always there. They're deficient too. And the only way I can explain this is that our, the sun rays, the sun rays have to go through so much crap in the air before it even gets to our bodies. And then our bodies aren't designed like they once were to, I shouldn't say designed. Our bodies are still designed that way. They're not efficient at converting that vitamin, that sunlight into vitamin D. So don't just say, well, I live in Florida. There's no way I'm vitamin D deficient. Test. The vitamin D lab test is probably just as important as the CBC, in my opinion. 
So get that. The normal lab range for the test of vitamin D is between 30 and 100. I can guarantee you, you're going to still feel crappy if your vitamin D is at 35. You will feel way better if it's in the 80s. And that's where I try to give my patients. I say it's always better to have 80 or above. And if you're above 100, don't freak out. In my opinion, and from all the research I've seen, there's no way to have a toxic dose of vitamin D, maybe unless you're taking 50,000 IUs per day for like five years. And you mentioned like two to 5,000 is like better than nothing, but oftentimes uh, still too low for people. So what what is a, a good dose for most people yeah. if there is? Yeah, so this is my recommendation, okay? So it's like a three-month, we're going to jack up your vitamin D just for three months. The first month, do 25,000 IUs of vitamin D. Yep, I saw your eyes. That's a lot. <laughs> 25,000 IUs of vitamin D, it's a lot. But if you get a prescription, say your vitamin D comes in at 26 and your doc says, uh, you need a prescription of vitamin D, here you go. That prescription will be 50,000 IUs of vitamin D, but you only take it one time a week. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna scratch that idea again. It's better than nothing. So we're gonna take twenty five thousand IUs of vitamin D for the first month, and then the second month we're gonna drop down. And that's each day, twenty five thousand IUs each day. Okay. Yep, each day. We're gonna drop down to twenty thousand. Month three, fifteen thousand. And then if you're one of those people who just maybe you feel really good on that vitamin D. Instead of dropping down to 5,000 and, and taking that again, just take 10,000 IUs on a, on a maintenance dose, especially if you're somebody who works indoors, even during the summertime season. So I've seen a lot of people benefit from just, you know what, I listen to your vitamin D protocol on, on your podcast, or I, I talk about it everywhere I can, because it's so, so helpful for anybody fighting really anything. It just, our cells need it. So when you're feeding the cells correctly, you never know what can happen. I've had people tell me that their anxiety and depression have been, has been completely diminished and they're off their medication. I've had, I've had women tell me that they've gotten pregnant. They went from infertility to being pregnant when both mom and or woman and man took the vitamin D protocol. You never know what can happen. So just start taking it and see what can happen in, in your body. And then again, it is only for a three-month period. And then maintain at 10,000. And if you want to, certainly test. Go into your doctors or you can even buy some kit online now that will send it to your house. You can do a finger prick where they you draw the blood with the finger prick. You put it on the piece of paper, send it off to the lab, and they'll tell you what your vitamin D status is. And again, if it's less than 50, in my opinion, that's low. You're not feeling good when it's less than 50. When it's getting around 80, 90, 100, that's when you start to feel good in a variety of ways. If you're interested in learning to improve your cognition through the use of nutrition, supplementation, nootropics, exercise, and sleep, Go ahead and check out roscoeswetsuitneuro.com and book a free 15-minute neuro health coaching consultation 
to see if neurohealth coaching is for you. In neurohealth coaching, we review your current cognitive status and work with you to improve your cognition through the use of the latest research-backed neuroscientific tips and tools. I believe I saw some research that was indicating that even if you take the vitamin D supplementation alone, that it doesn't necessarily get converted into the active form of vitamin D that is required, like the sun, the UVB rays from the sun are required to like uh, instigate that uh, chemical conversion. Is that accurate or? I will say that depending, you will get what you pay for when you're buying supplements. Um, vitamin D from Costco is not going to cut it. Vitamin D from Amazon is not going to cut it. Um, the vitamin D that I use with my patients in that three month time period, I will literally see numbers go from in their teens to around 80 in just three months. And that vitamin D, if you want the top quality vitamin D, it's called DV3 or vitamin D liquid. You can get that on my website at drkellyburton.com backslash supplements. So that's there for anybody and anybody who wants to order it. That is like the top line vitamin D. You have to have a doctor's license to use it. It's that good. Now that vitamin D is also in combination with a lot of different other herbs, including vitamin K. And, and the way that it's formulated, it, it's, I won't get into the details of it, but it's phenomenal. Um, in fact, I did a podcast episode on my podcast with the doc who formulates all of the systemic formula supplements. And he goes into their very, very rigorous uh, methods. And there's so much, they're so rigorous that the every single ingredient that it goes in any supplement has to go through a DNA test first. They will literally look at the DNA strands and make sure they are correct. Not one letter off before they get put into the supplements. So you will get what you pay for. Now, that being said, vitamin D is usually in combination with vitamin K. And if you're on a blood thinner, you can't take vitamin K. So just be sure that you get a pure vitamin D. And for that one, I use a company called Apex Energetics. And that one's called Liquid D. But yes, the the brand, the, they make a difference in the supplement industry, especially the industry is not regulated whatsoever. Zero regulations. Um, in fact, it disgusted me, but I literally saw a episode or not an episode, um, an ad come through on my Facebook feed that said, we will teach you how to build your own brand of supplements. Like, oh, that's lovely. Anybody can pick up and build a brand of supplements, but it, it's true. They can. So you get what you pay for. Um, just be sure that it is a very high quality vitamin D. I got some if you need them. And that's when you'll see the, the labs really change. If you're going to Walmart and buying vitamin D, you ain't going to see the labs change. And, and who knows what's in it, <laughs> right? Where, when you're talking about conversion and things like that. But those are the, the brands that are good. The brands that you require a doctor's license to get, those ones I wouldn't worry about. Got it. 
How about when it comes to other, like when patients come in for psychiatric or neurological conditions, like you mentioned a, a couple um, at the beginning of the show, MS or um, Alzheimer's, um, what are some of the other common findings that you end up like uncovering that's kind of at the root of those neurological or psychiatric issues? I'll use an example because it's really easy with, with stories. Uh, I started working with her, I think we're nine months in now. Um, yeah, the end of last year. She's a mom, 39 years old, has four boys that she's got to keep pace with. But she got diagnosed with MS a couple of years ago. And it took away everything from her. I mean, MS would in most scenarios. She couldn't go outdoors if it was, if it was above 72 degrees that would like flare her up and cause a symptomatic trigger. So she found herself doing nothing in the summertime. Her family would go do things without her. The other thing was her husband and her and her husband just gotten into bike racing and they were doing these 50 mile bike rides. And then she got hit with, with MS. And she told me in a couple emails, a couple months ago in an email that she thought she would never be able to ride a bike again. And she wanted to tell me that that weekend, she just completed a 50 mile bike race with her husband again. And she was like, I felt like I could go bike another 50 miles. Like I felt so good after that. Whereas beforehand, if I biked five miles, I was like on my bed for the next three days, just feeling like my body had absolutely betrayed me. She's like, now I love my body again. And I know that just because I have some dumb diagnosis plaster next to my name, that doesn't mean I have to live my life debilitated because of it. So she's doing absolutely phenomenal. Um, I just talked to her last week. And again, she's like, I did anything I wanted to this summer. And then in, and in Salt Lake, where we are in Utah, we've had record-breaking heat and dryness. We're in one of the biggest droughts right now ever recorded on history to where our water is getting shut off in the middle of August. Um, she had the summer that she'd always wanted to have with her kids. So just because you have some type of diagnosis or you don't have a diagnosis yet, like there is hope. And I found everything we needed to find inside her quote unquote normal labs. And for her, a big piece of it was the vitamin D was in the toilet. If I remember right, it was like in the teens, 12, 14, nothing. There's a reason why the immune system had nothing left. It wasn't getting fed. The cells weren't getting the food they needed. Um, so that was one of the first things that we did was we jacked it up 25,000 to 20,000 to 15,000. And I think we actually just bumped her back up um, to the 20,000 because she's starting to, we're heading into the winter months and she's starting to see some, some things Come back. So vitamin D was number one. The other thing we found in her labs was a parasite infection. And then everyone wants to know where the heck did parasites come from? How did I get a parasite? Well, there's lots of different philosophies on this. There's one supplement company who that's where most of us functional medicine docs get our training from our supplement companies because that's what's available. They say that anybody with a pulse has a parasite. It's just a matter of, is it affecting your health or not? 
The most common places we get parasites are from cats and dogs and from our fruit and from our meat. So don't just rule it out. Don't just say, well, I've never been to a third world country. There's no way I have a parasite. You're wrong. And if you have a pulse, you probably have a parasite. So that's what we had to do with her. Jack up the vitamin D, removed. We did a parasite protocol, which can get ugly. Uh, think about it, we're removing parasites and parasites are buggers who like to hide in any type of tissue. Um, we could walk a whole nother episode into parasites, but we won't get into that. So that's what we did with her. She is now currently on a hormone balancing phase. Um, so that's what I find with when I'm treating people is we have to figure out with autoimmune, what triggered the autoimmune, parasitic infections, viral infections, bacterial infections, a lack of vitamin D, those kind of things. Mold even, mold exposures trigger autoimmune. There's a whole list of them. That's the step, first step. Figure out the triggers, get them away. The second step is to use things like high dose of vitamin D to just calm the immune system down. And then the third step is our immune system is our gut. So we basically have to rebuild the gut. And once we do that, now I can say, okay, the hormones, they've been taking a hit because of everything else you've been dealing with. Your cells, they're barely functioning because they've been taking a hit with everything else you've been dealing with. So we can get, once we get that stuff taken care of and the immune system calmed down and rebooted and everything, now we can go in and say, let's balance out the hormones and let's replenish the cells. And if we need to throw on a detox, but by the time people get to me, the word detox is a turnoff. They have done every detox under the sun. So that was her treatment plan. And that's what I find with a lot of autoimmune and especially neurological conditions. And, and they're some of my favorite to work with. Well, Dr. Kylie, we're coming up onto the end of the show. But um, before we uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you kind of what, what would you say as far as like the biggest takeaways for people? I'm just listening to this, wanting to optimize their health just based on their all your experience and expertise as a functional medicine doctor. Um, maybe besides the vitamin optimizing the vitamin D and some of the other lab tests, what uh, what else have we missed? I think it's a mindset shift that needs to occur because we have been engraved, we have been indoctrinated to believe that our goal should be finding a diagnosis. Because once we have a diagnosis, now we have an answer. Do we really? Do we really have an answer? Or is that just, hey, your symptoms fit underneath this umbrella? Now I have some lab tests to confirm it and boom, you have MS. Deal with that for the rest of your life. Or can we shift our mindset to, you know what? I really don't give a crap what the diagnosis is because it's not gonna serve me at all. Now there are some instances where medical intervention needs to take place and I'm not telling you that it doesn't. I always say, you know, if someone breaks an arm, they're not walking into my office. But where it's chronic 
long-term treatment and you're being told that you just have to survive it. I don't believe that. And I don't care what the background is. So the biggest takeaway is just have hope that no matter what your scenario currently is, you can change it. Awesome. Well, Dr. Kylie, if uh, listeners want to connect with you or find out more about your work, where would you direct them to? I would say go check out the podcast, learn more. It's called Beyond the Diagnosis with Dr. Kylie, and that's by far the best place to learn more and really dive into this concept of labs and dive into this whole thinking of, I don't care what a diagnosis is. I don't care what mine currently is or the lack of, I want to get better and I'll teach you how. All right. Well, I definitely recommend that you guys go ahead and check that podcast out. And if you guys enjoyed the show today, go ahead and like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro. Also go ahead and subscribe on whatever audio platform that you listen to the podcast on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any of the other ones, we're on them all. So go ahead and like, and subscribe. Uh, again, Dr. Kylie, I really wanted to thank you for coming on the show today. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Toby.